You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. My name is Roger Osorio, and I am your host. I'm also a reinvention coach and author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm really excited to be here with Laura Cruceru, who is a marketing strategist with 15 years of international experience in digital campaign and performance management roles, both in large corporations like IBM and mid-sized companies like SEMrush, where she currently works today. Laura embraced the remote first lifestyle in 2020 after being stuck alone in San Francisco for more than six months away from her family, away from her friends while they were all in Europe at the time. Since then, she's embarked on a slow traveling journey, visiting over 20 countries and eight U.S. states. The change of place brought about a change of pace and perspective for her, resulting in her adoption of new habits and a strong resilience to change. In fact, Laura and I met on one of those trips when she was in one of those eight U.S. states, which included New Jersey. We got to meet over a nice barbecue grill and all of that. And Laura, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Well, one, you've been on a journey to reinvention for some time now. But two, over the last several years, you have really taken some intentional actions to build a life aligned with your values, passions, and purpose. And it's not something that happens overnight. We're going to hear more about your story and all of that but it's something that you've been working on over the years. And so I think this is going to be a really exciting story to share with everybody. We'll be able to learn a lot from this. Yeah, thank you very much, Roger. Happy to be here. And I think we also met for some really good pizza. So that's mm-hmm. another story to be told. Yes, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. At Bardot, at Bardot, we had yes, pizza. I exactly. totally forgot you're right, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. Yeah. Happy to he- be here. Happy to share my story. Hope people find it useful. Hope it empowers people to make a change and not be afraid of taking the next step, basically. Yeah. I mean, I think that if uh, for listeners, it, you know, if you're thinking about the remote work lifestyle, this is a must listen. But even if you're not, I think what I, what I want to prime everyone to get out of this conversation is that the real moral of this story is Laura deciding how she wants to live and then working towards building that. It doesn't happen overnight. You lay down the pieces little by little until you get there. And that's really the story. So it all depends on what you want ultimately and how you want it to be. But no matter how crazy it might sound, it can be done. And I think that's what we're going to learn today. So let's talk a little bit about your story, you know, where it all started for you and, you know, kind of going back to your university years. And even your upbringing, you know, you mentioned that, you know, travel is a big part of your life, obviously, right now, but it wasn't always a part of your life. And it wasn't always a thing. Take us back and kind of guide us to how you developed this passion or at least interest in travel. Yeah, I'd say it's something that came about, but it's something that I've always had a burning desire for, you know, like it's been in the back of my mind since forever. But back then, when I thought about traveling, I imagined going on fancy vacations to different countries or maybe 
I don't know, relocating to a whole new place. But the problem was I had no idea how to do it. Like I had no clue how to start even. I had no idea what that path would look like. I just knew I wanted to do it. And I knew I wanted to do it as soon as I could, basically. And then something amazing actually happened. Romania joined the EU at the time. It was right when I finished my university. So I suddenly got the opportunity to basically study abroad for free. And I just like couldn't not take it. So I plunged into it. I enrolled in my master's. I chose Denmark, which honestly was not a country on my list. I haven't even thought of Denmark until then, but I thought like, why not? Like it's a new culture. It's a completely different place from where I was brought up um, in Romania. So it would have been interesting either way. Like whether I would make it or not, I would still learn something. I would still meet new people. I would still get to know a new culture, basically. And later on, because of my master's program, I also got the chance to do a six-month internship in Spain. So that kind of like brought me in a completely new world, a completely different culture. And it was amazing. Like I still think about those days. I had amazing roommates, which I'm still friends with, obviously. So it was kind of like those experiences that were my first taste of what cultural immersion looked like and what living abroad, like truly living abroad actually looked like and what it actually, and I adored it. Like I knew this is what I want. I want more than just holidays. I actually want to live in a country. I want to be like a local. I yearn for something deeper, 100%. But at the time, I was also starting a new chapter in my life. I was becoming a working professional. And to be honest, like thinking about those years, so that's like 2008, 2009, remote work didn't exist. Like I had no clue this was an option. I had no clue this was something that existed, existed as a concept. Both my parents are traditional state employees. They're both teachers. I've never seen anyone working from home. Like they would get up and go to work in the morning. I had no idea what a digital nomad would be even. So that's kind of like how it all started. And then obviously when I came back home, I carried on with my life and I kind of like entered the marketing field. So I had a series of roles where I, were, I was like an all hats marketer, like working in small companies and also a few like recruitment boutiques. So that was interesting for me. And looking back, those experiences were truly invaluable as well, because even if I didn't realize it at the time, I was learning things constantly and I was learning so much, especially because my field of education was not marketing. So everything yeah. I was doing was new. Everything I was doing was testing, failing and starting again, basically like I had economics knowledge. I had law, international law knowledge, history knowledge, but nothing around marketing. So that was like really, really interesting and really good for me. And then just being the sole person responsible with the task, like being the one who manages it end to end, taught me how to learn and adapt quickly. And it also helped me gain true confidence in my abilities and mm -hmm. taught me how to effectively communicate with, I don't know, higher ups, like business owners, C-levels, uh, or whoever was managing the company that I was working with. 
you know, right there, I'm, I'm hearing so many really interesting things and, and I'm writing it down here because I don't want to forget to mention these. And so the first thing was your journey, like as a traveler. And so that I think is really interesting because your vision as a traveler changed. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you originally thought of travel as something you do on vacation, on holiday, mm. where it's a formally planned, you know, trip. It's it's a week or two. It's, you know, go see the sites, go eat some really good food. You know, I think it's, you know, the traditional definition of vacation or holiday. And it's not a bad one, by the way. It's like, it's a great one, but it's a, it's, it's a certain definition. And then you had this experience. You, you went, studied abroad for your master's. You got an internship in Spain. And all of a sudden that started to evolve. Your vision for what travel could be evolved. Again, it's not that one is better than the other. It's simply that it changed for you. Now your vision of travel was more about immersion. Your vision of travel was more about getting to know the culture, embedding yourself in the culture, connecting with the people, and really being able to like become part of that place. Mm. So it looked really different for you. And I think that's important because when, when we're on our respective journeys to reinvention, this sometimes I think we think that, oh, this experience, studying abroad or whatever, has to produce like a really intense and amazing outcome or it's a waste of time or something like that. Obviously, you got your degree, you learned a lot of great stuff and all of that. That said, your first job wasn't even in what you studied. So, you <laughs> exactly. know, so, so, you know, in the end, but what you got, I feel, was you got a vision. That time gave you more than a degree, than a than a degree, a master's degree. It gave you a vision. It gave you a new vision that was clearly significantly more aligned with you, with who you are and who you wanted to become. And I think that's what I want to like separate from your story and lift up because that's really important. The other thing is, it seems like in many ways we could argue that life didn't go according to plan. You got this degree in economics, you knew more about law, you didn't fall into or end up in a role related to that. And so all of a sudden, you're in a role that is outside of your comfort zone. But you proved through your story that, hey, you can learn on the job too. And you can add a brand new dimension to your, you know, to the work you do and to your skills and talents by simply doing the work. And, and what a great opportunity being in a smaller boutique type firm where you mm. had the opportunity to wear so many hats. And I think that's really key right there. So I'm hearing that the very beginning of, you know, post your young career, you, you go to master's, you, you learn, you get a new vision for traveling, which now is a part of you where it fits in your life to be determined at this point in your story, it wasn't yet determined, <laughs> but you get to work in a new, in a new area marketing. And now you learn and you pick up a new set of skills, which also because of the nature of the company forced you to learn more about communication, how to talk to C-level executives and all of that stuff you do. So none of this was wasted time because you learned valuable skills, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's not just that it wasn't wasted time, but all of these things, which seem separate, actually came together later in my life and actually helped me build a journey that I wasn't even thinking about at that time, you know? So once the pieces kind of the puzzle kind of like joined up, that journey was also uh, paved for myself. And the other thing I think I learned during that period was also how to be forgiving with myself and allow mm -hmm. myself time to grow, time to learn, time to discover new things. Because like you said in my intro, change of place comes with change of perspective. So every time we kind of like go in a new place, sit back, observe ourselves there, we also change our perspective and 
go about with kind of like new goals, new dreams, new things we want to achieve. So yeah, that's 100% uh, what happened there. Okay, I love what you said about the dots connecting. Like you, you, you didn't know that they were going to connect later, oh, yeah. but they do, you know, and, and I think this is what I get from a lot of people that I'm interviewing is that as they move forward through the journey, they're collecting dots and they're not mm. quite sure how they're going to connect later. But the one thing that all of you have in common is that on some level, you keep moving because you trust that they will connect. You know that on some level, this is not wasted time. So you can enjoy those moments. You, I'm sure you enjoyed those periods of your life, even if oh, they yeah. weren't perfectly aligned with where you were going to end up, maybe at the moment or whatever, it or where you thought you were going to end up. You enjoyed those moments and you learned a lot. And then you said this thing about giving yourself time to grow and learn. And I really want the listeners to pay attention to that part because, you know, I think that we can map out our entire lives, careers, we can attempt, I should say, because life will pretty quickly put that plan yes, to, to, to sleep. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. take that plan right out. <laughs> but the key here, I think, is like, imagine knowing that upfront, that anything you plan will probably not go according to plan. And mm-hmm. if you simply embrace that, you can, to your point, create and give yourself that time and space to grow and learn. And you can say to yourself, you know what, this isn't what I plan to do. This isn't what my degree was for, but I can learn here. Or I can, or this is, you know, this isn't the kind of travel I was hoping for originally, but here I am. What can I learn it, here? Yeah. And you got beautiful gifts out of both of those experiences. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that continued throughout my life, definitely. And just having that base allowed me to grow continuously as I went through my life, 100%. Yeah. So then after that, you know, you you worked in these small boutiques and all of that, you got an opportunity to shift or pivot to a significantly larger company. In fact, one of the largest companies on the planet and uh, one that you and I both have in common in our resumes, since we both different yes. places, but we both worked <laughs> for the same company for some time. Tell us a little bit about that part of the journey. Yeah, 100% different places, different times, but we came together somehow out of, I don't know how many thousand people work for that company right now. But yeah, then I basically landed my dream job at IBM, which was a huge leap for me at the time. I remember I went through like several rounds of interviews. It took me about a year and a half to finally get the stars aligned and get that job. Like I applied, I think, for three different roles until the right one came up for me, basically. So I was thrilled, like I was ecstatic about the opportunity that I was basically being given. But deep down, you know, I was also worried about being trapped in an office for the rest of my life. So I didn't want to kind of like be stuck in that nine to five, obsessed with commute type of life. I just felt like that wasn't for me. So I sort of gave myself a deadline and I was like, okay, I'll stay with IBM for two years. Um, I'll get the experience I need. I'm going to have it in my resume. That's going to set me up for my next move, basically. But without like even thinking about it, those two years actually turned into eight. And the reason why that happened is because something remarkable came up. I managed to snag two international assignments that completely transformed my life. And those two assignments is basically what put me on the path that I'm on right now. So 
what happened was that in my first year at IBM, I discovered these opportunities, but I initially thought they were only for managers because you would only hear about VPs or second line managers going on four year assignments to build a team or manage a team and things like that. So I was convinced you would have to get to a certain level before getting one of those. But even so, during one of my one-to-ones with my manager, I initially expressed my desire to do it. And little did I know, but a few months later, a project in Dublin came up and it was announced in one of those all hands meetings that we were all meant to attend. So people were basically asked to sign up if they were interested. And I was obviously first on the list. I was like, I'm here. Like I raised my hand immediately. My manager was expecting it because I just had that conversation with him as well. But there were many colleagues on that list and many of them have been in the company for way longer than I was. And I was a bit concerned, you know, like I'll probably not get chosen. You know, you get a bit of imposter syndrome. You get a bit of fear. You're a bit like, oh, why would they pick me? They don't even know me that well. I didn't get to work on any like interesting or big projects with a lot of teammates or anything like that. But I didn't realize it. My results in my first year were actually outstanding. And a lot more people knew about me than I thought that they did. So I had so much support from everyone. And then pairing that with my excitement and the fact that everyone knew I really wanted to get one of these opportunities, all of these things worked in my favor. So I ended up basically moving to Ireland again, a country that wasn't even on my list. I didn't even think about visiting it. I didn't envision myself living here. So yeah, that was kind of like another moment where I just took it and ran with it. And from that point on, I just decided to keep myself open to all possibilities because you never know where it jumps from. You never know who in your network might have another opportunity or how things might come up in your life. And that's when it actually happened because three years later, another opportunity came up with one of the managers that I knew, but I saw that on LinkedIn. I didn't even, it was like communicated internally or anything like that. And that assignment was in San Francisco, USA, which for me was like dream come true, you know? So I seized it without hesitation. I was like, again, first on the list, I want to be there. So yeah, never close yourself to opportunities. Never stop believing or saying, okay, I hit the milestone. I live in another country. This is it. You know, I'm happy with it. And this is going to be my life from now on because things are going to come up all the time. What I love about that story, and I think this is the key lesson for anyone listening in, is that the situation, the job in this case, the original job description did not include travel. It was not an international role that would have you traveling most of the week or whatever it might be or anything like that. And yet, even though you knew that travel was starting to, was obviously becoming something in your life that mattered, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't take this. And I think the key idea here is that whatever that job is, even if it's not perfect, we can make it great. You know, we can make it great. One, there will never be a perfect role. And if it seems perfect, there's probably something you're missing. But two, it won't be perfect, but we can make it great. We can make it an outstanding. We can turn it into something. We just have to get in there. Sometimes you just have to be in an organization for a couple of years, to your point, show some outstanding results, 
and then pave your own way inside of it to find the unique opportunities that could align your interest in travel and immersion with, you know, your work. And you talk about immersion being a key value of yours when you travel. Well, there's no better way to immerse yourself than to live and work in a new city and become part of that city for however many years you become part of that city. And then in your case, you got to do it again in San Francisco in a very different part of the world. And even in the US, San Francisco is a very, I'm based in the New York, New Jersey area. California is a whole nother country in many ways in terms of culture and all that because the US is so big and you got to really experience those too, but you didn't do it on a business trip for like just a week or a few days. You did it for years where you really got to say, no, I I embedded myself. I connected with people. I got to know the local culture. I became part of it. And I think that is the beauty of this story is that we can make a situation great. So don't discount that when you are applying Mm. to roles that don't seem perfect. If there's something about it that you think could be right for you, that might be all it takes for you to then continue to, to make the changes possible. But don't wait for some for the perfect role to come your way. Mm. Make it great, just like Laura did, and find a way to make those connect to to align your interests with the role. And I, I love that story. When we talked about that in our pre-interview, I was just like, man, that is like the perfect example of making a situation <laughs> great. And you have to get in first and you have to do your part and you did it. And the other thing is People often forget that job descriptions are standard lists of responsibilities. As a manager right now, I have to do job description to hire from my team. And I'm only thinking about the basic things. But then it's actually your personality, your way of of being, your desires, your goals that actually make that role. So yeah, to your point, like don't get stuck in the job description. Don't get stuck in the fact that you know how to do one thing and you don't know how to do the other if you feel that it's right, if you are, if you like the company mostly, I would say that's important as well. Just go for it because then you're going to make the role. Like we're individuals and we basically pave what's happening with our lives and we define what's happening with our lives. Yeah, definitely. That's, that was a very good lesson and I'm happy you brought it up. Definitely. Yeah, you know what's interesting? So my my own journey to IBM, I, I was recruited in by a senior executive who created a custom role for me to come <laughs> into the company. So I say this for a reason because so here one could argue, well, Roger, you had the you literally had the perfect role because it was defined mm. around you. It was built on your skills and all of that. And by the way, that role, not perfect. <laughs> Once I got into it, it was not perfect. I, I would, you know, I, it was anything but perfect. It had plenty of problems. In it, so it appeared perfect. So even what appeared, this is why I can say this with confidence, even if it appears perfect, yeah. there might be something you're missing. And in the end, I think, you know, like you, I figured out, well, look, I'm here now. And that's the most important mm. thing I'm in. So now that I'm in, what can I do to begin constructing my dream situation? What can I do to make this better, make this great for me? And over the years, I was able to do things, you know, like get more involved in coaching and so on and Mm, so forth and a bunch of other things that I did. But that was, again, (laughs) I mean, even a role that was designed for me, not perfect, not perfect. And I learned that very quickly Uh, upon getting in. I go, wow, this was supposed to be perfect. And it's not. So yeah, to your point, job descriptions, even if they're not standard, they're still standard. At the end of the day, they're just yes. words on a piece of paper. 
there's so much more to the opportunity once you're inside. You're not limited. There are no real walls or anything like that. Even mm. when people say that there are, no, 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 this role is, you know, we it's capped. There's nowhere you can go from here. You know what? If you want it that badly and you're inside and you talk to the right people, it's like you said, you networked with some people, some other people yeah. you didn't know paid attention to you. They noticed your skills and all of that. Opportunities came to be. And, and I remember at IBM, super hard, to your point, to get those international assignments, super hard to get an international yeah. assignment, especially to the US. Oh, yeah. That was like really hard because of all the paperwork that it was so much trouble. They figure we're not going to go through that unless it's someone really senior. You know, like to, like you said earlier in your story. And so, but hey, you proved that, you know what, just because that may be the case doesn't mean that it's law. It doesn't mean that it's in stone or anything like that. Uh, there's always a way if you really want it. Yeah, 100%. Where When there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> yes. Now let's talk, let's move to these, to these months in San Francisco. So you were caught in San Francisco during the pandemic. Terrible time and a you know, a really bad place to be too, because that was kind of like where it was all starting yes. on the West Coast in the US. And there you were during that moment. You know, one of the things for listeners to be mindful of, you know, when maybe you can deduce this as well, but when you travel, you know, from Europe all the way to San Francisco, especially, I mean, you are very far from your family. I mean, the distance from New Jersey, where I live to San Francisco is a little longer of a flight than to go to Dublin, to yeah. go the other way. Yes. Like Dublin is true. closer than me going to yes. San Francisco. And your family's in Romania. So yeah. you're even far, you're another four hours on top of that. So to be so far and isolated away from your friends and your family, you're stuck in San Francisco, you're locked down for like six months or however long it was. Tell us about that. And, and, uh, and what happened during that moment? Because you had, you had a discovery, you had a revelation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a revelation. Um, I mean, I guess everyone who's listening to this had a similar experience. Like you, all of a sudden, your life changes around, takes a completely unexpected turn, nothing you can ever think of um, or imagine. And like you said, I found myself basically isolated. Like my friends were far away, my family was far away, even the people I knew in the US, in San Francisco, they were kind of like moving out of San Francisco because they were going back to staying with their parents or closer to their parents so they could kind of like commute or be there in case anything happens. So I really, really find, found myself alone. And looking back now, it was pretty scary, but I didn't really perceive it as such at the time. I was kind of like sitting there waiting to see what's going to happen, basically. So, you know, amidst all that chaos and everything that was happening, a new door kind of like cracked open and I wasn't expecting it to, to happen like that. So suddenly we were all working from home, just as probably everyone listening to this did, which meant that I had a lot more time for myself and I had a lot more time to think and kind of like re-envision where I want to be in my life. So it was during that period that the concept of remote work and being a digital nomad actually crossed my mind for the first time. I had already toyed with the idea of maybe taking a sabbatical to travel. That was like pretty popular back then. I would say I had a lot of colleagues doing it. But then I realized this was even better because this would become basically a lifestyle. So it's really kind of like funny and interesting at the same time, how when you think you achieved your goal, you made it, there you are, new goals and dreams actually emerge along this journey because 
your circumstances change completely. And then you have to figure out a way to make the best of it. And this was kind of like my figuring out moment. So I decided to embrace my fears and it was scary. Like that first trip I did was properly scary in the middle of the pandemic. But I embarked on my nomadic journey and that's how it started in 2020 with a trip to Europe where I stayed in different countries through Airbnb mostly. I did not go home because I did not want to put anyone in a bad situation. I wanted to keep it safe. I wanted to make it so that if I take the risk, it's in my own hands, basically. And I would be kind of like controlling it as much as I can. I was obviously obsessed making sure that everything is safe. I'm taking all the measures, um, not just for myself, but the people around me um, as well. So it was pretty intense, I have to say. Like it was probably the most intense holiday travel plan I ever had to make in my life. But it happened and it was surreal because I was among the very few tourists anywhere. And I was like in world-renowned places like Venice by myself for two weeks, roaming the streets, which was really exciting, you know? So that experience reignited my desire to pursue more than just vacationing and go back to my idea of immersion, my idea of not just being there for two weeks, but maybe doing it for a longer period of time to allow myself to experience it properly. So that was basically the start of it. And since then, just like you said in my intro, I've been to over 20 countries. I always stayed for at least one month. Some of those places were new to me. Others were countries I've already been to, but I wanted to kind of like allow myself that more time to kind of fully embrace and experience the culture and along the way I met so many people so many incredible people with amazing life stories I even formed new friendships and there's people that I still talk to even now from different countries and you know I'm naturally an introvert I'm not really that kind of like person who goes up and talks to people but the sheer energy that comes from kind of like living your dream, immersing yourself in this diverse culture where you are, it kind of helped me break that shell. And that was amazing for me as well. I learned how to say thank you in three new languages, Turkish, Portuguese, and Greek. (laughs) So that was pretty awesome. It's not easy. Like I tried to speak the language or at least pronounce words, but I kind of suck. So saying thank you was a big deal for me as well. So yeah, that truly kind of like elevated my journey and took it to another level that I didn't even think about. Like I didn't even think it was possible to do that. I love that story. I, you know, I think one of the things you said that that is really important about this is that that goal, that life that you're living right now, this, this reality that you have constructed was not a goal that you even could have conceived when you first started to build a vision of travel. Oh yeah. You know, it happens in stages. And I think this is the key lesson for listeners and all of us to take away from this story is that when you embark on the journey, the beautiful thing about it is that you cannot even begin to imagine the goals that you're going to have in six months, a year and two years, because you just don't know what you don't know. And, And if you don't know those things, you can't imagine, you can't conceive at that level. It's only when you begin walking that journey, you know, and your walk started when you went to study abroad for your master's and you picked a country that was not really normally on the list for you, would not have been on the list for you, but you went anyway. 
you know, and then you took that opportunity to study abroad. Another step forward in that journey. All of a sudden, you're like thinking, wow, I can live and work in another country. Huh, that's interesting. Maybe that'll come back to me. Back home for a little while, few boutiques, then IBM. Not in the job description, but you're like, you know what? There's an opportunity here. Let me integrate work and life by living in a new place. And you move to Ireland and you get to experience that for, I think you said, three years or so before then you go and do it again in San Francisco. And now after all of those steps, boom, this new goal emerges that you're like, I never conceived this goal, but now I am conceiving it. Here I am. And, and you pursued it and it happens in stages. And, and this is important because we can make reinvention overwhelming. We mm. can start trying to come up with the biggest, craziest goals and scare ourselves to death about it and just say, you know what, let me not do this right now. I'm not ready. I need more education. I need more information. I need more accolades. I need a better title. I need more money. I need more, 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 whatever that is. But you just started walking. You're like, let me just take these steps and let me just worry about the step in front of me. And when I get somewhere, I'll figure out the next step. And I love how it came to this beautiful, like freaking amazing goal to say, let's work in as and live in as many countries as I can. And you did it. You, I mean, it's and 20 countries and counting, I'm sure. Yeah. There will be many more to come in your life, but you're at 20 right now. And I'm proud to say that I am one of those friendships <laughs> that came out of that travel. I was part of that journey. I was one of those eight states that you visited and, you know, that you mentioned in your bio. And so I think that that is really cool right there. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want people to think that I'm this kind of like FOMO, YOLO <laughs> type personality because I'm not. Like I'm packed with anxiety sometimes. I kind of like have to plan and think about things. But then what I learned is that no matter how anxious you are about something, no matter how much you fear it, just take that first step, just do it. Like that, my, my first trip to Europe, right in the middle of the pandemic, that was like insanity for me. But then once I did it, I was like, oh my God, this was actually so easy. Like if you take, if you take care of a, just a few things, you can do it. It's so easy to kind of like take that step, go do it and then see how it goes. And then you can always pull back. Like I had my apartment in San Francisco, I could always go back. I could have gone back after a week if I felt that it was not safe or something bad might've happened, but I didn't. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. This is kind of like my new path in life. And it turned out to be amazing. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And right there you break down how it's even down to the smallest of steps. Yeah. Take that flight take a few precautions. And before you know it, you're like, that was doable. And then the next step, you know, emerges and feels a little bit better than the last. Um, and you're right. I think, again, you know, thinking about fear and thinking about these things that hold us back, when we chunk it down into small steps, you, we can then take it one step yes. at a time. And, and each one becomes a little bit easier. It's not that the path becomes easy. It's that each step just becomes a little bit easier. I would even say maybe the best word to say is it becomes doable. Mm. You know, all of a sudden, it's like, Hmm, that's doable. And doable is enough for me. If it's doable, I could still be scared and it could still be hard. But when I think it's doable, I at least give myself the chance of trying. I say, you know what, let's give it a shot. <laughs> and and your story, your kind of like your insight on even just looking at taking it literally step one, fly over there. And you know, step two, prepare for the flight and get, you know, put a few precautions in place. 
there you go. You're able to do that. I, I absolutely love that. So, you know, what I'm hearing here, I think the overall theme of this part of the story that we're hearing is this is where your life takes a major upgrade. You know, you were on this path where you're like, let me go work here. Let me go work there. Let me go work there to let me get one job and work everywhere <laughs> and and just move around. And that's and that was an upgrade in your lifestyle, yes. an upgrade in the way that you live and you work and you play. And it has changed everything about you. It has changed things about you. And so let's talk about let, let's move into our third and final topic, which is what has changed about you. Right. Because as a result of this major life upgrade, now you're operating at a new standard of living, You've got new habits, you've got new ways of thinking and being. Let's talk a little bit about that, what you've learned from the travel, what has changed about you and and introduce us to to Laura. 3.0, you know, I feel like there were, we've gone through 1.0, 2.0, and now we're in 3.0. Tell us about Laura 3.0. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it was definitely a new chapter. And that new chapter brought new habits, new life strategies that I started adopting step by step. Again, it wasn't something that was a sudden change. It was things that were coming as I was doing it. First of all, I made the decision to join a smaller company. I now work for SEMrush. I am part of an awesome team and I love them so much. And the best part is that we're all remote workers. So that kind of like defines the culture of the company as well. And I appreciate it very much. But that's not all that changed forever, I would say, because these new habits are here to stay 100%. So first of all, and I think that was a big step for me as well. I completely decluttered my life and I know... A lot of people are struggling to with this and they would want to do it, but don't take that step to do it. I would say it's liberating. It's amazing. Once you do it, you, there's no way back. So I now have fewer possessions and I focus only on the essential things I truly need in my life. So I automatically became more conscious of donating, recycling. I moved away completely from supporting anything that's related to fast fashion industry or like, you know, impulse purchases and things like this. So thrift shopping and things like this became kind of like my go-to. And I do it as I travel as well. And I kind of like consider them souvenirs. So that's kind of like a new way for me to approach uh, life as well. Um, the other thing is I started journaling and believe it or not, I'm actually in my fourth year. I have my journal next to me all the time. So it's really awesome to go back and read about my experiences. And I think it's a beautiful practice. If people want to get into it, do it 100%. It became more about capturing memories and that kind of like helps you expand your year without even realizing it because you embrace new experiences almost every weekend. You kind of like step away from mundane routines of everyday life. And that makes your week, your month, and ultimately your year actually longer, 100%. And then I freed myself from the burden of being tied up to a single place. I freed myself from the burden of paying rent which meant that I managed to save a lot as well. And it's much easier for me right now to manage my finances because I'm in full control of a significant monthly expense, which would be rent. So, and on top of that, you know, I also get to choose the climate I want to live in, the weather I want to have. So it kind of like gives me so much more control of the place where I am and how I want to spend my money in that place as well. 
I'm also no longer just a tourist. I mentioned this throughout the conversation, but I fully immerse myself in every culture that I encounter. I strive to live like local as much as I can. This shift basically means that my time off is now dedicated to rest, like it became rest time more than anything else, because I moved away from that traditional holiday experience. So I I get to kind of like experience it in a different way as well. But I would say the most significant change is also my approach to job hunting because all of my filters nowadays are on remote only. I'm not looking actively looking for a job or anything, but that's how I kind of like started thinking about it. I do not want to go back into the routine of going into an office every day. Like that's 100% not happening. I do treasure connecting with my colleagues whenever I can. So if I'm in a location where I know that SimRush has a co-working space or something like that, I make it a point to spend the day together with them in the office. And we do it every now and then. And it's amazing. Like for me, there's no difference between being offline and online. We relate just as well in both environments. It's not always easy to find a good remote job. So I... No, it's a struggle sometimes, but trust me, those jobs exist. Yeah. And there's such a large community out there. You can always tap into it and mm-hmm. they will help you 100%. So overall, my quality of life <laughs> changed completely and, you know, and went through a remarkable transformation throughout this journey. So it feels as if it wasn't planned, but... Yeah. It was kind of like a small dream or a goal that I had. And then it evolved into this kind of like ginormous thing that I wasn't expecting. That's kind of like how it all changed. (laughs) I love this. Hearing this, I'm just like, this is an incredible pitch for how we can be living life. And I like this 3.0 style, like your new new standard of living, what you've decided are your new standards. And this is a really important thing because I think that, you know, one of the things about the journey to reinvention is that along the way, we start to learn more about what our standards really are, like what, what our values are, which then allow us to set our standards so that they reflect our values, right? And I feel like hearing your stories, as you went along this journey, you learn more about yourself. You learn more about yes. your own values and who you really are at the end of the day. And as you start to discover that and feel confident in that, you decide, hey, it's time to elevate the standard of living to match who I am. And where I'm going in life. And I feel like you have done that incredibly. And just this list, this short list, I'm sure there's so many more things, but this short list you shared with us is really insightful. And I just want to recap a few things. I love what you said about reframing thrifting as souvenirs, as collecting souvenirs. You know, (laughs) you chose to look at something like thrifting, which already, by the way, you know, supports your values in terms of being more sustainable, not wasting essentially. And you turn that into, oh, and it's also an opportunity to collect souvenirs from the different places that I go because you're going to get local attire, local clothing, local yeah. styles, local whatever, which is a really cool thing. You know, for me, like a, a reframing that I've done with souvenirs is rather than buying souvenirs, because it's something I realized that I don't do anything with these souvenirs. There's very few souvenirs that have actually made it onto my desk or are part of my life on a regular basis. And so I've really rethought this and I've had to reframe it as like, no, if I'm going to get a souvenir, it has to be something I use. Like it has Mm. to be something that is 
in front of me, or it has to be something that I- I'm going to enjoy fully. And coffee became one of my quote unquote souvenirs. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> going to unique coffee shops in every city nice. and connecting with the barista, connecting with the people who are there and just learning about, you know, their beans and the way they roast and all of those things. Those little moments have become a souvenir of sorts. You know, I try to take a picture of the coffee shop so I can just look back and remember it and all that. But I love that reframing. I think that's a strategy that we can apply to so many things. You know, Mm. you shared the power of journaling, which I think is so important. I had a guest on a few weeks ago, we recorded our episode and his episode hasn't released yet. But he shared with me this story that after a really long career in his 60s, he decided to reinvent himself and start pursuing different kind of work. Bottom line is it took him very far away to a very remote area. It's called a fly-in town, the kind of town that you can only fly to. You can't drive Mm -hmm. to, there's no roads. And he was saying that I was going to be there for like a year or so. And so my daughter gave me a journal and she said, dad, can you write in this journal while you're gone? We're obviously not going to be able to communicate that regularly and all of that. And this will be a great way for you to like, you know, share those stories with us later. And so he said, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, he's like, well, you know, he's like, I wasn't much of a journaler, but you know, when your daughter asks you and it made sense, it was a good argument. So I was like, yeah, sure. And of course I didn't want to waste the money that she had invested in a beautiful journal she bought me. So I started writing in it before I knew it, I filled it up. I wrote, and then I bought my own, I bought another and another, and I just filled them up on that trip. Those journals after she reviewed them and saw like what was in them, actually, he actually had to do, he looked at them and said, they're a little bit messy. So he sat down to organize them and then he presented it to her. And she was like, I want to run this by a friend of mine who's a pub- who's in the publishing world. They ended up wow. turning it into a book. They ended up wow. turning it into a book. And since then he has published, I think a total of six or seven books, all built off journals that he collected in every part of like his journey post, you know, 60, uh, where he all Mm -hmm. the different places that he's traveled around the world and the work that he's done. And he's been able to capture those stories. So I love what you're sharing, because you mentioned these memories. But for all we know, in a few years, you might say, there there might be a memoir here, there might be a book here, there might be something that someone can learn from because you're already teaching us. And that's probably already documented in your journals. Imagine how much more there is in your journals. So I love that that you're doing that. And, and the way you positioned it for me is inspiring because I have had my moments where I write in notebooks and others that I don't. But the way you put it, this idea of like just, you know, it's a great way of capturing memories, but also of making the making time longer, expanding time. That's beautiful. Like, I, that right there is the sales pitch I've never heard for journaling is that, you know, you, you, you make time longer and, and I love that. So thank you for sharing that. But the last thing that I, that I want to mention, cause I want to be mindful of the time we're going to wrap up in a minute or two is what you said about paid time off. And we put it an interesting way when we had our, our, inter- our pre, <laughs> yeah. our pre-interview call, um, you know, you said p- my PTO, my paid time off went from paid time off to proper rest time. That you no longer see it as, I must plan for this epic vacation. No, you're like, I'm going to plan for proper resting. It may happen in another place. It may happen right here where I am. It doesn't have to be anywhere in particular, but this is all about resting. I want to recover. I want to rest. I want to get back to myself again and reconnect or whatever that might mean to you. And I think that is a beautiful upgrade that you have acquired along the way, which is to be able to shift what paid time off could be or what paid time off traditionally is to what you have made it proper rest time. And I think in a world that we live in right now, where people are burnt out, 
This mm-hmm. is a great strategy for many people to consider. Maybe think about those days differently. Maybe it's not about vacation. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not about getting away to go wherever you might go. Maybe it's about just proper rest time on your terms, your way, the way that it, that makes you properly rest. Yeah, 100%. And it helps, you know, because going back to that change of place, change of pace, this is a change of pace and it does come with a change of perspective. I find myself often coming up with new ideas of or new ways of doing certain things at work um, after I have that time. And I didn't have it before because I was so preoccupied with planning the perfect trip. Like I only had this one week. I had to see everything, had to go everywhere. And it was so intense that I just like didn't get the same type of, you know, relaxation in my brain that I needed when I came back to work. Yeah. I love it. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time, for your insights, for your stories. Like the stories are really cool. And for me, they definitely inspired me in ways that I I feel like I've been looking to be inspired. Like I said, I've wanted to be better about writing in a journal. And and what you said about time is is so valuable because now with our little baby girl who's seven months old, almost seven months old, oh my gosh, in a week, she'll be seven months. <laughs> and, you know, I think about I don't want this time to pass quickly. And my wife and I have found ways, you know, Rowena and I have found ways to slow time down. You know, we really enjoy all of our moments with her. But I want to add another strategy, this one that you shared and and start doing more of this writing because this moment will only happen once. And Sophia doesn't get to experience or remember it, but I can and I can capture it. And I probably won't remember everything unless I write it. So I need to start writing some of these stories down. So thank you so much for that. Awesome. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it's a really good exercise. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. You know, for those of you who want to follow Laura on her journeys, um, we'll be sharing all of her relevant links in the show notes below. Thank you again, Laura. Appreciate all of your time and insight. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.